Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today I am joined with my one of my favorite co-hosts to Squadcast with, J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks, and we are going to be talking about the Tomas Hurdle suspension, what the Sharks need to do in order to rally without him, the Flames' inconsistency, and Lucic being moved up to the top six, and, of course, our predictions for tonight's game in San Jose. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey. Now, thank you, of course, for making Locked on Sharks or Locked on Flames. Or if you're really dedicated, you're listening to both at the same time. So you get the nice uh, surround sound um, fully. And then you're watching it on YouTube with two screens pulled up, too. Really, really digging into the Locked on experience. Uh, But I'm joined by Jess. Jess, how is it going? It's going, you know, Flames finally won a game after what felt like a never-ending losing streak. So thank you so much for boosting not only my confidence, but theirs as well. Yeah, the Sharks definitely will uh, kind of heal whatever uh, ails you. Uh, you know, the Blues this beginning of the year had like an eight-game losing streak. Sharks come to town. Guess what happens? They rip off like eight in a row right there. Um, yeah, the, the the Flames, what, lost five, six in a row? Come to town to play the Sharks. Guess what? Here comes the winning streak right now. You know, I will take it. I will take whatever we can get because it feels like they can't string more than three wins in a row um, together before they end up just falling off the ledge again. So this four-game road trip before the holiday break is a a great time for them to really go into the rest of December – with high spirits. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Start the new year off on a good foot here, but <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the flames. Here. Let's, let's get started with them. Um, very kind of turbulent off season, right? We saw a lot of changes. I felt like, you know, then they, they, you bring in Huberto, you bring in Cadre felt like things were okay. Like shouldn't miss skip a beat, but it's been a little bit of rough, especially the goaltending, which has been really solid for them last year has, has fallen off. Where, where, where are the Flames at right now? Kind of how would you describe the, the early part of their season? Right now, it is very uh, reminiscent of the 2020-2021 shortened season when Jeff Ward was behind the bench. This team had no identity, no uh, consistency in terms of the lines, in terms of goaltending. And it was very frustrating back then to watch and then you know last year you have Daryl Sutter come in and kind of revamp this team and now it just feels like we're back to where they started and I don't know how much blame you can place on the players but I don't think that the coaching can really get off scotch-free here yeah that's that doesn't seem like a Daryl Sutter team right you know it they're gonna be defensively responsible they're going to be a very responsible team and you know they've not you know 
they they scored a lot of goals last year because you have Johnny Gaudreau doing Johnny Gaudreau things in the contract mm-hmm. season. But like you would expect this offense to be kind of maybe better than what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about outliers on Locked on Flames. Like last year, was it truly an outlier uh, in terms of Jacob Markstrom's performance? And was Nazem Kadri's a point per game pace, you know, kind of an outlier there for him? And are players just kind of settling back into their historical ways? And, you know, I would really, really like to see the Flames just get this offense together. And the ever-changing, ever-rotating lines is not going to do anyone any good. And I, I truly feel like I'm listening to a podcast from this shortened season because I said this <laughs> so many times. They need consistency. They need structure. They need just to all just have something to look forward to and to know what they're working with, have time to build that chemistry. We're at the end of 2022 right now. We they should know who they're lining up with each night. Yeah, you know, especially 30 games in the season, right? Yeah. Barring injury, you should have a, a pretty good knowledge. Maybe you're kind of tweaking some stuff here because some guys yeah. are playing better and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, uh, like with the Sharks, their lines have actually been relatively consistent and their offense has been, especially since November 1st, their offense has actually been good um, at, 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 good, at good chunks of the season. They've been kind of slowed down here a little bit with the lack of secondary scoring, but you can count on Eric Carlson, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, and Logan Gator probably going to score at some point during the night. Yeah. And that's, you know, you look back at this weekend for the Sharks, they scored four goals. All of those guys, <laughs> and plus Kevin LeBanc, those were the only people who either scored or assisted on the four goals that the Sharks scored this weekend. Um, you know, and it, that what's been their problem has been lackluster goaltending and defensive issue breakdowns. So interesting to see where, where the Flames here can kind of maybe start to kind of making that playoff push as, as you're starting this West Coast or you're in the middle of this West Coast trip against the Sharks who are bad and the Ducks who are flaming tire poo-poo platter bad. And then the Kings who are very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They'll score a ton of goals, but they're going to give up as just as many as they, they give up as well. So, Yeah, definitely. And I think that the Flames can really turn this around, this road trip. And and hopefully this is the turning point of the season where they're turning over the new leaf. And I feel like you like teams that are consistently struggling or can't really get find their footing are constantly waiting for that moment. Okay, is it going to be this road trip? Is it going to be this homestand? But in something in my heart, <laughs> maybe it's the false hope and just this sick reality that I live in as a sports fan. But I have a really good feeling about this. And maybe it's because of the teams they're playing. And please just give us something. I mean, that's the Sharks just played the Ducks and the Coyotes and was like, yeah, this is feeling good. And then it's yeah. like a smack against reality. So, But what you're saying, though, is this road trip could be the spark for the Flames season. <laughs> yeah. <terrible. laughs> um, before we continue, as we've sparked this discussion, um, and we get into kind of what happened in the last game, we'll talk about Thomas Hurdle's uh, ex- you know, getting his suspension, and then we'll look ahead to tonight's game 
do want to take a quick break, uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They have the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You've got pro football. You have college bowl season. College bowl season is the best, especially next week. You just have random college football games on all day long. I love it. You've got basketball. You have NCAA basketball. Uh, World Cup may be over, but you have the World Junior Championships and hockey starting on uh, the 26th. So if they got you covered with everything you need at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you do because you listen to one right meow, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I think before we we'll get into kind of the big thing, let's talk about the hurdle suspension because that's the biggest news coming out of the game. Yeah. Um, hurdle hit uh, Elias Lindholm right in the face. Um, two games suspension. I have plenty of Sharks fans in my mentions who were like, well, he didn't deserve that. I was like, uh, you hit a dude in the face. <laughs> if it was the other, if uh, Lindholm had hit Hurdle in the face, yeah. Lindholm's head would be on a spike out in front of SAP Center right now. It's like, I love Tomas, Tomas Hurdle, one of my favorite, all-time favorite Sharks players. Um, he knows, he admitted it was a bad play. Just don't hit guys in the face. And as the NHL player safety like needs to be better about being more consistent, yes, 1,000%. Yes, they need to be better about being more consistent on suspensions. But I know Hurdle doesn't have any priors. Everyone loves too much Hurdle. But he mm-hmm. deserved getting two games for he get hit in the face. If it's the other way around, Sharks fans would be murdering people right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And I always think about that when, you know, a player will be suspended. Yes. What about the Blues in the Western Conference Finals? <laughs> right. Like, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, we really, like, yes, player safety has a job. Do they know how to do their job? No. no. <laughs> Not always. Do they spin a wheel, um, pick a name out of a hat from highlights that they watch? Sure. I don't know. But at the same time, like, you don't hit someone in the face. Um, you have to have more control of your emotions. He's been in the league for a while. He should be a little bit more just yes. Like, yes. like control yourself just a little bit. And if you cross checked him in the chest or whatever, fine. Sure. That's but yeah, don't hit dudes in the face. No. And like I don't know if Hurdle has had like concussions or anything before. Like, but my God, think about that. How awful concussions can be and just how you didn't enjoy it's I feel like I'm talking to a toddler like yeah. how would you like it if someone did that to you but that's really I feel like how you have to break it down when it comes to these things yeah he deserved it I mean one game two games whatever but like he deserved to be suspended and you know you just hope one day we pray to the hockey gods that <laughs> we will have a more normal kind of suspension policy to get this stuff out of the game because yeah we it's just again don't hit guys in the face with a stick so um other than the hurdle thing i think we have to talk about the start of the third period where the sharks decided to uh literally just full diarrhea on the ice um for the first two minutes of that period um where and that's kind of been the story of the sharks right where they they're they're so top heavy with their talent where everything has to go perfectly right for them to win a game, especially when they play competent teams. Right. And 
they were kind of hanging in there for the first two periods. And then we saw just this snowball effect of, oh, let's give up three goals and well, two goals in 19 seconds and then attack on a third goal because Capocacan forgets how to play the puck. So your thoughts as an outside uh, viewer of, of what I have been watching all season. <laughs> Listen, this team could not get by the Sharks last year. Like, I, I don't know what it was, but they... Aiden Hill's revenge. <laughs> right. It was just sweet Aiden Hill from Calgary in net. And he said, I'm not letting this happen. Nope. But last night, I felt like I was watching, like, not that same team a very different team and i i don't even know was i watching the sharks or was i watching like bad news bears or something because they just diarrheaed all over themselves <laughs> and i'm sorry you this happened earlier in the game but milan lucic scored for like the first time in like eighty seven thousand games to be fair eric carlson's groin did help out a lot in that but yeah, yeah. and like after he was like double shifted too, so he's old and big. Why are you? Thank you, Eric Carlson, but also the Sharks. Come on. What? What? It's it's the master uh, reverse strategy of let's kind of build up Lucci's value right now. We're gonna start playing him higher up there. Really take the the flame season here. The Sharks taking one for the good of the NHL. Thank you. Making Milan, making Luch look way better than he actually is by giving up a goal to him. Garrett, you know, you know, Suter loves his old his old guys. Uh, yeah, first line Luch is coming up soon. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and you know what? I will definitely be sending a thank you card to the Sharks organization. <laughs> um, I don't really have money for like Rolexes that I'm sure they all like buy each other on like special days and milestones, but um, I hope like a $5 gas card will do something for you. Um, Get a nice Pete's coffee right around the corner there from the shark tank. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see some sort of trade action happening and maybe that this has been part of Daryl Sutter's master plan this entire time. Oh, the pump and dump. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Sharks kind of, their offense has definitely been struggling, as I kind of mentioned before, where mm -hmm. it's, it's very much one of the, the guys I mentioned in scoring, if not, they're not doing anything. And, you know, especially the first period where the Sharks had three shots on goal in a period. And, and I know the Flames, the Flames pretty solid defensively. I know their goaltending has been some issues and stuff. Uh, and the Flames have been doing a good job this season at keeping the shot attempts down, but Three shots on goal, not good. Um, that's including a power play in that that uh, spot there. But Sharks kind of crawled back in the second period. I know they gave up the the Luch goal there, but again, it's just they have to do so much to get themselves like to kind of just get out of their own way to to do stuff. And, and it feels like okay, like Capocacan looked pretty solid the first period. In the second period, okay, like that that's that goal, you can't do much about it. But then the third period, everything falls apart, right? Explodes. Yeah. The offense struggling, okay, starting to come together in the second period. And then, again, they give up three goals, and there's just there's nothing that you can do about like overcoming that. No, that's just been the story of the Sharks all season long, and I just have 50 more games of this, so... <laughs> Right, and then an excruciating off season where you're just hoping 
that you can, uh, you know, create that daily content and push through until the draft and then free agency. And then before you know it, we're back here. We're doing this all over again. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I think Chris Tanev is coming back tomorrow. Supposedly he skated with the team today after taking um, a shot to the head last week in Montreal. And I'm going to tell you right now, if he was in the lineup last night, those two power play goals wouldn't have happened. Really? Yeah. He holds the penalty kill together. And I, Eric Carlson is, I don't know. Eric Carlson is on another level this year. And I don't know if anybody could stop that Eric Carlson past the team of Meyer. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Chris Tanner, there's something about him that like, you notice him when he's out there at even strength, but on the penalty kill, I, I just, I don't know. He holds that, that thing together. And again, here's a $5 gas gift card. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, Penalty, the power play has been kind of one of the bright spots for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. And we saw that they went two for seven, um, a, a lot of penalties in this game. But they went two for seven in this game, and they've been one of their most consistent um, kind of, especially with Eric Carlson, right, of, of yeah, just of generating the Sharks' offense. And Eric Carlson, you know, leads the NHL as defenseman in points, already over 40 points this season, which is just ridiculous. Um God, he is glorious. He's um, but <laughs> he's so good. It's so good to watch Eric Carlson just do Eric Carlson things again. But again, I keep holding my breath for like, when are we going to get the Eric Carlson injury? And this team is just going to become unwatchable. Um, but he feels good. I will say David Quinn's done a really good job of kind of doing his load management with him. So he's not practicing as much. You know, he's especially when they're kind of like in these nice stretches, kind of taking the, a page out of the NBA playbook. He's been playing every game. You know, he hasn't missed a game with an injury, knock on wood right now. But, like, I think David Quinn's doing a good job of, of trying to manage him, especially off the ice. That way, when it comes game time, you can ride Eric Carlson for as long as you possibly can um, until he explodes or his groin explodes or whatever happens to Eric Carlson. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And do you think that that's something we're going to see more down the road here is – coaches finally leaning into the load management sort of NBA style. That's a fun topic. Um, Hold on. Let's talk about that in one second before, before we get into load management uh, with hockey players. Do you want to thank you guys for making locked on sharks slash locked on flames. Your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out the locked on sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less plus instant reactions, game recaps and locked ons take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. No, uh, hockey players are too stubborn to ever give up. <laughs> you know that. I mean, like, guy, guys will be... Mario Ferraro, like, busted his mouth and he was out there the next day, like, missing teeth. Uh, we will see, though. I think, though, like... We this is you know something we we've all I think all talked about before of you have to protect the players from themselves at some point. Yes. And you know, it's interesting again, like Eric Carlson, we know how important he is to the Sharks, right? Um, you know, can you name another Sharks defenseman? Uh you have Vlasic, right? Who's uh yeah. definitely not known for his offense. Matt Benning, who's uh I think better defensively than we give him credit for, uh, but he's been posterized multiple times. 
Redeem Shimmick, who the Sharks tried to give away and couldn't give away. Um, Scott Harrington, who they literally put on waivers and no team wanted him. And then Mario Ferraro, who's been an IR and is not as good. He's not as good as people think. But we know how important, especially with, with after Brent Burns is being traded. And you especially with Carlson's injury history, you wonder if everybody kind of sat down and was like, hey, we want to get the most out of you. Let's just be... We know you. We know when you're on the ice, you are very, very good. Especially this year, you are Norris caliber winning, like good, right? Let's just take it easy off the ice. Make sure you're available. Make sure you're getting treated. All that fun stuff. It'll be interesting to see, especially with guys who are kind of more injury prone, mm-hmm. if this might be an approach that they take. But again, that hockey, like I need to be out there at all times. I don't yeah. care. Um, thing worries me with that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think about the players that go to the quiet room and definitely lie and say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. After very <laughs> clearly becoming concussed Buster, yeah. um, in like a regular season game. I don't, Yeah, no, that it, it's a good topic, like you said, but I think it's going to take a lot of mentality shifting. And I don't think that that is possible. And again... We have to protect players from themselves. And in a perfect world, we do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a very interesting topic. But, yeah, I, I think because you, you see it a little like you see it in the NBA, especially with the load management, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing it start to creep in a little bit into the NFL with, with guys kind of especially with concussions, of course, with the Tua issue. Um, you're starting to see it kind of creep in there. Um, you know, I, I just I hockey they're going to drag their feet as long as they possibly can because that's what they do so um tonight's game so what first of all i love the like little back-to-back uh games i think it's fun especially you get a little bit more chippiness uh in that Mm -hmm. second game um it's especially for a team like the sharks who are not sniffing the playoffs it kind of has that little little bit of like kind of extra juice to it especially for that second game so what do you expect? Uh, what, or what's the what's the big thing you're watching for in this game? You know, I would definitely keep an eye on. I believe Markstrom starting as well, and so it's going to be his fifth start in a row, which uh, is interesting because I don't think we've really seen that kind of stretch from him this season, and he has been really locked in. Last night he had, or sorry, Monday, Sunday night, he had some really great saves, some of the best that we've seen from him this season. And again, you're seeing the line shuffling from Sutter and Luch is, was skating with the top six. So we're going to see how that second line works. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we're playing him up there instead of scratching him and putting Matthew Phillips up there. Too much uh, talent. You can't have you, yeah, too much talent. You can only have this amount. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Like, it's clearly not a salary cap issue. It is Daryl Sutter being stubborn, stuck in his ways. And um, maybe I mentioned it on my Monday show, but if Daryl Sutter wasn't Daryl Sutter, he would be getting a lot of backlash right now. Uh, for the mismanagement of the Flames, but that's just a whole nother can of worms. I, I, I'm i interested to see how this defense does as well. 
especially with Chris Tanev coming back. I think that that's going to be something to look for. Uh, what does the Sharks goalie situation look like? Oh, it's going to be James Reimer as oh. often as as uh, David Quinn can run him out there. So I think the only reason we didn't see Reimer on Friday is because, or on Sunday is because they played the Kings in LA on Saturday gotcha. and Reimer got the start there. And Reimer looked... Reimer dragged single-handedly dragged the Sharks to a point in that game. Um, he had uh, <laughs> 41 saves in that game. Um, wow. He had 17 high-danger shots at him, and he stopped all of them but one. Uh, James Reimer is very, very good, especially with the team defense in front of him that is not very good. I, I, I can't wait until James Reimer gets to go play meaningful hockey here at the end of the season. So, James Reimer, you're too good for the Sharks. You're too beautiful for this world in San Jose. <laughs> But I, I think the big thing for the Sharks, right, is how do they generate offense without hurdle? And yep. the Meyer hurdle LeBanc line has been one of the best in the NHL, especially when it comes to shot attempts. They create much of the Sharks offense and Eric Carlson does his fair share, too. But with Logan Couture having to jump up to the first line and Couture has had a better season, especially when he's been paired with Bear Banoff. Those two guys re work really well together because um, it allows... Their, their skill sets, right? Barrett Bannon's really good in transition. He's really good at um, kind of passing and his protecting the puck. Couture, really good, of, of course, at the net front. I'm going to score greasy goals. And then it's been Matt Nieto or Nick Bonino kind of riding coattails on that line. And with Nick Bonino most likely sliding into the 2C role, with Matt Nieto, and then poor Barrett Bannon is going to have to drag that line around. Um, I just don't feel very good about the Sharks' ability to generate offense, especially if Markstrom's playing again. Um, I know Markstrom's been up and down, but he's been looking much better recently. And this, these are, these games are much more important for the Flames than they are for the Sharks. And I expect the Flames to really just kind of smother the Sharks' offense, um, especially without Hurdle around. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of my biggest concern, I guess, for the Sharks would be how do you navigate that any sort of offense without you know hurdle there and then of course you know just trying to even get past markstrom and i like yeah. i i don't want to say this is a surefire win for the flames because this team could go out there and lay an egg that they, yeah. they've done it before and they'll do it again but they just their biggest thing is going in with confidence but not too much confidence to where they're underestimating their opponent. Yeah. But like I said, I think that middle six, I think that's prime for the flames to kind of take advantage of the sharks middle six right now. Um, you know, especially that second line, I Nick Benito, um, he was the sharks third line center to start the season and quickly lost his job to Nico Sturm has been playing the wing. And I just, unless, unless now if they, the sharks, recall Thomas Bordalo, um, then we're cooking here. But um, the Barracuda are up in Vancouver or Abbotsford, wherever up there. Uh, they're up in Canada right now. Um, so he would have to be on a plane, basically, as we're recording to, to be available for the game. And I just, I don't think the Sharks are going to do that. That would be too much fun. And again, we have to keep the fun level to a certain amount uh, with the Sharks. So but yeah, I, like I said, I just I worry about that middle six. I think the Flames are going to be able to take advantage of that middle six, especially if it's Cadre first, <laughs> Nick Benito on the second line. Cadre uh, is going to eat, and I have the Flames winning four to one. The only goal 
Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer creating magic on the power play because that's what they do. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think we're going to see another uh, five to two outcome. Just You're giving the Sharks two? Wow. Yeah, I'm giving the Sharks two simply because I am feeling generous. It's, it's the Christmas. season it's of the giving. season. Yes. Like, I am here to give everyone as much benefit of the doubt as I can. And even if that means pumping the Sharks tires. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful. Again, the rest of... December for the Flames is against Pacific Division rivals. So I would appreciate if they can snag two points in every opportunity that presents itself. So please just win. Yeah, this is a great chance for the Flames to kind of get their season going here. Uh, like I said, you're playing the Sharks, who are the would be the worst team in most divisions, but they just have the Ducks who decided which drives me nuts. They're so, they have so much talent. Why are they so bad? Anyway, uh, that's for a different podcast. Uh, poor Jason. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I think we both have the flames winning this game. And I, I, I honestly, unless James Reimer does insane James Reimer things, which he is more than capable of doing. That's, oh, yeah. that's basically the only uh, path for the sharks I see is just James Reimer single-handedly stealing this game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Flames are going to have their way, and I, I, especially without Hurdle for the next two games. So, Jess, you said it all. Where can the people find you? Yes. So come hang out with me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. And of course, come hang out um, on the airwaves, radio waves, uh, Locked on Flames, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on YouTube as well. Uh, lockdown flames there and sometimes my cat makes a special appearance so you get bonus content there oh yeah dakota makes her uh yeah my the, the co-host i never knew i had it so yes uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find yeah. find me on twitter at my fry hole you can find the show on twitter facebook instagram at locked on sharks of course you can watch this bad boy on youtube as well and of course listen to wherever you get podcasts apple amazon Spotify, you name it. If you can listen to a podcast, you can find us there. Until next time, bye, friends.